Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, February 23rd, 2022. This is Mike Abbott here, of course, and we are going to be talking a lot of sports today with my main man, Pop DiBiase. But before that, I can take this a little bit of a different direction. I just came out of the post office, <laughs> and it is never surprising that you got grumpy people dealing with you at the fo- post office. Do they hire like the grumpiest people in every city? Like that's a requirement or something? Pop, what are the top five grumpy professions? I'm okay. going to say post office workers at the top. There's always a couple of a-holes that work at the racetracks, too. It's like they've been there for a thousand years. They don't give a crap anymore. They're just there for their pension. Those right. are the two that quickly come to mind. What, what, what's, your, what's your list look like? I would say this. Um, I, it wouldn't be postal workers off top. They wouldn't be number one, but they're they're. they're I'm not, not talking about the mailman. Mailman's hella cool. I'm talking oh, about the people at the place when I go buy whatever stamps or send a shipment or something. The the tellers and they don't care if there's a long ass line either. Well, oh yeah, the people at the office. That's who I'm talking yeah. about. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Phrase that. The people at the office. I wouldn't put them as two. I I would put them more in the three category. And okay. I was, five would be. And I hope we don't have any of them here today. But I would say the the, the delivery drivers like uh, UPS and FedEx and things like that they can get a, they they can be a little uh, you know throw they can be a little uh, reckless with your packages and you know if you say something about it they 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 kind of try to get a little mouthy about that too. <laughs> um, it's like, how did this box get all dented, man? Uh, it's not my problem. And since I'm in the media. I would say the handlers for certain uh, people that I might have to interview, like Dick Buckus's handler when I was in Arizona. You know what I mean? Guys that when they're, when they're not doing their job, then they want to question everybody. Why are you trying to interview people, even though you got permission to do it? You know what I mean? So, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're talking about entertainment and sports and stuff, we could go down a long road for yeah. that. I'm talking about kind of like everyday, everyday people. You know what I mean? Oh, because I okay. would definitely put even like sports agents amongst the biggest a holes on the planet. Uh, but there's not a lot of them out there, you know. Let, okay, the people that the the some of the people that work in um, department stores, they are some of the worst too, because literally they'll argue it down with you, even you know that they're dead wrong, but they just don't want to do their work. And Mike almost got me forgetting who I was going to put number one. Oh yeah, number one is restaurant workers. They're just they're just you know sometimes you you might go into a restaurant and literally they're putting their whole day like on blast like literally an open diary of what's going on with their day and you know they can't stand the guy in the back and you know and then they the food tastes like crap the chef is you know staring you down so you know restaurant workers can be really bad too. Well, look. There's not a single category of yours that I disagree with. Um, I just dealt with a lot of cool people also at, at restaurants and at department stores and at some of the things that you said. 
<laughs> you just don't deal with any at the post office. They're like any post office I've gone to, you don't get the, you know, nice smile. Hey, how are you, sir? Hope your day's going well. What can I do for you? You know, it's just always like rude. Don't like your questions. Barely want to answer them. They just, it's like, they don't want to be there and they don't want you to be there too. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, bad server is like the worst. So let me ask you, when you do get a bad server, does that get reflected in the tip? Or are you just like, you know what? I'm going to do my 15 or 20% regardless. Um, Usually, I would still probably give them a good tip because I understand that it's, a, it's been a hard day, things like that. Maybe, you know what I mean? But it, you know, sometimes, you know, Mike, I know this is not going to sound so good, but if they're really bad, I'm just going to walk out, bro. Oh, wow. Pay my bill, but I'm just going to walk out. Hey, let's, let's, get jo- let's get Josh Josh's take on it. Josh is our uh, sound engineer, uh, does everything behind the scenes. Josh, do you leave a tip when you do when you're dealt a bad hand from a server? Josh, you with us? He might be so focused on the sound that he's uh, he's uh, not listening for himself, you know. And right. we'll, we'll, we'll get Josh. We'll get Josh on a little bit later yeah, on. See, see what time, he thinks. This is a good time to have a caller. You know this is mean? actually a really good time to have a caller. You know, there's some sports that we're going to talk about, but obviously, folks, the next couple of weeks there's not a ton going on, but we'll talk about them. Let's get to sports, though. Pop, I'm going to start with your uh, your beloved Dodger Blue. Watching an interview, and anybody that's been a Dodger fan knows Alana Rizzo. If you watch MLB Network, you know Alana Rizzo with uh, Mad Dog. They do the show together. Alana, for many years, was the uh, the Dodgers television correspondent. I don't know if that's what her title was, but she basically covered the Dodgers. So she still does. She's at, oh, good. Yeah, she still does. Uh, I thought she left that post. I thought uh, she left that post to be focused on MLB Network, but I might be mistaken. Either way, okay. um, she was uh, she's in spring training right now, and she was interviewing Dave Roberts, manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And she asked him, so who's your closer going to be? He said, I don't know. Okay, who is your center fielder going to be? I don't know. Who is your left fielder going to be? I don't know. Now, when you have a $180 million payroll, is he trying to let everybody know none of your jobs are safe? You got to earn it? Or does he really not know? And is that a problem? Or is that because he's got some guys that are versatile? Like Mookie Betts, Betts can play center left and right in my opinion and do a really good job at each he could also play second base right so is this more a function of versatility or or is not knowing a problem i think that he's not trying to give away his hand you know what i mean okay center field all right we already knew that was something that we were dealing with but it's an open competition for center field right now you got trace thompson still there who's the favorite uh-huh Who's the favorite? Who's the favorite to land off the position? 
I would say right now you would probably put Trace Thompson is the leader in the clubhouse is uh, one of the outfielders, but he was playing center field when Cody Bellinger he would he would fill in for Cody Bellinger and shit. He played half the uh, the playoff series as well too in center field, but I wouldn't say that he's the lock at center field. I would just say that the Dodgers are just testing out their depth right now, and they 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 might have somebody in the farm that they are very confident in that can play center field as well too. The Dodgers have a lot of options. And I think that Dave is trying to make sure that the competition is open and that people know that this job is up for grabs and it can be yours. If you can, if you show up here at spring, spring training, that doesn't mean that you're going to be the permanent guy. That just means that I'm giving you guys some motivation right now because I don't have these positions locked in and I think that's kind of genius in a sense. You know what I mean? Uh, the closer, though, we already kind of had questions about who the closer is going to be. There's about five guys in place right now for that closer role job. And they just signed a guy uh, a few weeks back who was a pretty good closer with the Cardinals. So, or he was a good setup man. Regardless, that guy is going to earn earn their job, earn the job, from after Mark Pryor. Who did they get from the cards? Is it Gallegos? Um, I think so. It's a, it's a, it's a guy that I didn't, I, I was very familiar with. And when they said the article, they said, it looks like the Dodgers got their closer. But once again, beat writers and reporters aren't going to dictate who's going to be in the Dodgers lineup. Bobby Miller no. is guy that is going to be very key as well too he's possibly a guy who can be a closer as well so there's a lot of things going on with the Dodgers to where they don't want to give too much away and Mark Pryor is going to be the guy that's going to be that's going to really choose who that closer is going to be and he has a good idea because he studied every single one of these pitchers that they have and I think that this guy has been sitting around for some time but you know they were looking at Grady all possibly Daniel Hudson possibly you know and you know with um training out it really messes up the idea who the closer was going to be because it would have been training if he was healthy at this point in time but I say this if you ask me who I would want as the closer I want El Monte El Monte's good he's really really good in my opinion I think that El Monte's the type of guy that can shut you shut you down and get you on out of here. And I think that the Dodgers have already helped his career, and that should be pretty good. And then you got Phil Beckford as well, too. But I think Phil Beckford is still fairly suited for the seventh, eighth innings at this point. But I would say that, you know, when you look at, at it, I, I like El Monte. That's, that, that's my guy right there. Phillips is the one that excites everybody. But I like El Monte in that spot. And Grady All is a guy that you know – is has been in the role before so you know it's a it's a lot of choices i'm looking at the uh group now it's just a lot of really good choices for the dodgers so i would say this the dodgers will probably have the best era in baseball once again you know because okay. i, I mean, feel I like they kind of bastardized no go ahead yeah my i said they i feel like they kind no, of no, bastardized I feel like they kind of bastardized the closer in a sense because you got closers coming in the with in middle of the eighth inning, and it's just like why, you know what I mean? And it's top of the eighth, and you got they got to get six outs or a guy got to get eight outs to get the close, 
And I'm like, that's literally just a, a starting pitcher for the, the last three innings of the game. When you have a really good closer, man, you say to yourself, I got to have a good setup, man. And that's the most important position for me to the Dodgers. You know what I mean? The closer is going to do what the closer do. But the setup, man, has to be really good. One, two, three, bang. You know what I mean? And that's exactly where the Dodgers really need to solidify their spot at because a lot of the times when the Dodgers got in trouble late in games and close games, it was the setup man that messed up the uh, situation for them. So hopefully they get a good, uh, 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 the best setup man in baseball. And then and it'll make life, uh, that, life that much easier on your closer. You know who uh, who I like liked a lot? He's really coming along, but he's I don't think he's there anymore. I think he went to name, but I'm just gonna say uh, an expression. No, no offense. He's the really fat dude, fat Mexican guy. Remember, you know who I'm talking about? That setup man. I mean, he's huge. You, you can't oh. not see how big he is. You know who I'm talking oh. about? Yeah, dude. I didn't like. I didn't think that he was that good. He was kind of coming along though. Yeah, but I think that we we have better, and that's why the Dodgers could move on. Okay, so let me ask you then. Who does it benefit to when you say they don't want to give it away? Who does that benefit? Is that to stimulate competition within those positions? Is that what you mean by they don't want to give it away? Because I don't think, like, you need to mess with um, other teams and scouting and we're not going to let them know who our, you know, who our quarterback's going to be type thing. I don't think that that's the case. So you're saying, you must be saying then it's it's more about the competition for that job. Let's let the best man take it or at least let everybody feel like they have a legitimate chance for these roles. Right. That's that kind of what you're saying. Yeah, because that's really like how championship managers will approach the situation. A manager who is in a situation where you know you're going to lose 100 games, he'll have everything set up. He'll have everything set because he already has an initiative coming from the analytical guys, the, the front office and everything. They're pretty much putting that thing together. Dave but Robert, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you want to tell your MVP, Mookie Betts, where he's going to play? Mookie knows where he's going to play at. You know what I mean? I think that what happens is they don't want the media to to stir things right now. This is a this is a fragile unit because you got a lot of youth in this unit as well too. So you got to bring them along slowly, and you don't want to get them too excited either. So when he says, "I don't know who they're going to be," I feel like he's pretty much telling us that it's going to be a younger player that's going to probably be in center field, and left field will probably put Mookie back over there. And they've been saying that they might bring Mookie back into the infield. You know, there's a lot of things that they can do with Mookie, but I wouldn't put Mookie in center field, though. I, I think that you you got to keep him in the corner, you know what I mean? Because center field is a lot of work, you know what I mean? And Mookie is, 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 is the man. He's great. And, you know, he's durable and everything like that. But you want to get the absolute best out of Mookie. I would think that you would want to have your best defensive outfielder 
as your uh, center fielder. I know Mookie probably is their best defensive outfielder, but I know that they got somebody over there in the farm that's just as good, maybe a little bit better, just because they're younger. But I think that Mookie will be fine. You know what I mean? Mookie's not going to have – Mookie has 350 million reasons of why he he's very happy with L.A. You know what I mean? So it's all good. And he didn't even get this much love. He got love in Boston, but he gets a lot of love in L.A. And, you know, and I'm talking about where he does a lot of things in the entertainment world. He's more And he's more mainstream than he was when he was in Boston, even though Boston's one of the more – popular teams in baseball as well too but you come to los angeles it's a lot different when you have you know these mark the marketing and the way that the marketing works so mookie is fine mookie's not having any issues mookie had to even go to a hitting uh situation as well too in arizona because they just wanted him to improve some things as well so Mookie's on an upswing as well. He knows that he needs to be better this season. And I think that when it comes down to it, it's not going to be an issue about defense. It's going to be about the consistency of his bat. You know what I mean? So, you know, Mookie's position, he'll know, he knows exactly where he's going to play at. But it's, you know, Dave Roberts is playing chess, not checkers. And you got to love it. I know a lot of people get mad at Dave Roberts, but this is why Dave, Dave Roberts is averaging 100 wins a year because he doesn't give his hand away like that. It's mind-boggling to me how many people call for Dave Roberts' job for mismanagement, supposedly. Let's be honest, the guy's the most consistent manager in terms of track record in the majors right now. Like, Dodger fans should love that guy. I don't understand what some of the negativity is about, man. It's it's really crazy. There's me, always going to be questions in the postseason if you don't win. Always. Right. But my biggest question is this. Bobby Cox. Well, why do you hold that thought, Pop? Let's take a quick commercial timeout and come back and, and pick up on that. Okay. Okay. Let's take I got a, you. I got our you, first bro. timeout. We'll come back. We'll resume and get Pop's thoughts on the Dodgers and more. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, 
current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show for the second segment here. We've been talking about the Dodgers and the decision to stimulate some competition and where we left off was we were talking about Dave Roberts and the heat that he gets from Dodger fans when they don't advance in the postseason to get to the World Series and win it. I think that's the standard that they're looking for. The Dodgers now are kind of like the Lakers where it's championship or bust. Uh, and I think you were about to say, Pop, that they don't give they didn't give like somebody like Bobby Cox that kind of grief. And that's a good cop because Bobby Cox got to the playoffs a million times in a row, but only had only quote unquote had one ring to show for it. That's where you're going with this, right? Right. But I know when they get on Rob's case, because at least Bobby went to what five world series in the time, you know what I mean? And Dave Roberts has went, been to three or uh, two, three and one, three. one. Yeah. He's been to three and it was one, one. But think about this. The Dodgers sat and didn't go to a World Series for almost 30 for thirty seasons. And he's been to three in the last six years. What's the problem? You know what I mean? And you're winning 100-plus games a season. And you had one of the more dominant runs when you had a shortened season, which may have been the toughest season ever in baseball because you had to play in one place at one time. Literally, you had to do a college World Series style, and nothing was guaranteed. The Dodgers had to come back from 3-1 in the championship series. At some point in time, fans just need to just be happy with what they have. I've been a Dodgers fan my whole life, and it was a long stretch of time from 1988 to 2017. You know how many years they were just happy with getting to the divisional series with, you know, spending maybe four or five years out of the playoffs. So I don't want to hear, I don't be so, don't be that spoiled. You're not the Yankees. You know what time it is. We're the bumps from Brooklyn. We don't win. You know, we, we win when nobody cares. You know what I mean? And that's always been the Dodgers thing at the end of the day. As long as they keep this thing going, and keep playing great baseball and filling up those seats. That's all that matters to the LA to uh, about the LA Dodgers. You know what I mean? Winning World Series are great, and that is always going to be the goal. But at the end of the day, it's about being a great franchise, and winning is better than losing. That's all I can say, Mike. Hard to argue that, brother. I mean, look, I get that the fan base in L.A. 
is easily distracted by everything in LA. Right. And so they want their teams to be winners. They don't want rebuilds or anything like that. Uh, very impatient, very spoiled fan bases. I mean, uh, it's just crazy to me how quickly stadiums or arenas can be full or 70% occupancy based on the team's record. It's like, I wouldn't call LA the most loyal fan base, you know, like other fan bases where they're going, you know, like Green Bay, they're selling out that game regardless if they're two and 15 or 15 and two, you know what I mean, pop? Right. So I think it's just a matter of spoiled fan base, high expectations, but also I think it's because a, the Dodgers have immense talent. B, they got fantastic minor league system and C, they've got a big payroll. And when you have all three of those, I think it comes with legitimate expectations. Pop. Right. And you know what? Then when the team isn't good, then all of a sudden it's just, uh, I'm not, I'm not dealing with them. I'm not paying attention to that. I'm not, I don't care. So, you know, it's, it's two sides to that coin. And I tell you this, one thing I will always give them over us, and I hate to even admit this as a Laker lifer, all that shit, stuff that I'm always talking about, franchise first for my Lakers. Lakers have a lot of fair weather fans. I keep it real with you, right? And everybody, that's why a lot of people can't stand the Lakers because Laker fans really only show up when they're good, okay? And then when they're bad, they they could be some of the most delusional people on the planet. And then sometimes you like, do they even like the team? You know what I mean? Because the way they ran Russell Westbrook out of town, like, you know, it wasn't Russell's fault. But my point is this. The L.A. Clippers fan base is always, always loyal. When they were losing 60-plus games a season, they weren't selling the sports arena out, but they but the people that showed up, they showed up and they were cheering loudly. They were happy. They loved all the players on the team, and they were just happy to have them there. And they weren't expecting any winning. And when they did winning, hey, let's party. The Clippers was always funny because when they won, they would they would they would really celebrate a little bit overzealously but that's what made those people love the clippers and the clippers have not changed out of that that mantra that i did they really do have the brooklyn bum mentality hey there's always next year you know what i mean and that's what makes the clippers kind of like a sweet little story in los angeles because they were a team with no home for literally the first 15 years of being in basketball they weren't wanted in buffalo they weren't wanted in um, San Diego. And then they come to Los Angeles with a guy who literally just was using them as a bragging piece to his good friend, Jerry Buss, Dr. Sterling. You know what I mean? So, I mean, not Dr. Sterling, but Mr. But Donald Sterling. You know, that was literally Jerry Buss said, you know, these NBA teams are cool, uh, Donald. Um, the Clippers down in San Diego are about to get sold. Why don't you go buy them? And then maybe, and then he said, and, you know, um, they laughed. Yeah, you stay down there in San Diego or whatever. He looked up and said, I ain't making no money in San Diego. I live in Los Angeles, so I'm going to Los Angeles. All right, I'll take the sports arena. Okay, you got the form. It's easy money, easy money. 
and he knew it because bringing him to Los Angeles it increased the fan base by 30% because you got those people that don't want to root for the Lakers. They just can't stand Magic. They can't stand Kareem. They can't stand Jerry Buss uh, having the hottest woman in uh, Hollywood hanging out with them. So we'll go to the other side and go get the Clippers. But you also brought that San Diego uh, effect with you as well, too. So, you know, the Clippers are just like the San Diego Chargers, the Anaheim Ducks. When you root for them, you really root for them. The, you really love that that team. It's not a fair – when you win a lot of championships, there's a love and hate relationship for your team. The Yankees go through it as well. Your Red Sox go through this as well, too. You know what I mean? They're going through that right now, the Red Sox. And I hope we get to talk about them in a second because I talked about them the other day as well. So, you know, that's how I truly feel is that in L.A., we are a bit spoiled, but we do have a lot of people that are not very knowledgeable about sports either. They just want to see a win. They just want to see a parade. They just want to celebrate something. You know what I mean? They A lot of people don't even show up until – the postseason with the Dodgers. I bet you didn't know that, huh, Mike? And then these are the same people who want to fire Dave Roberts. You haven't watched the game all season, but the first thing you want to do as soon as we lose the series is fire the manager. It don't matter they won 117 games. Let's just fire the manager. Come on, man. You know, like literally, you're not supposed to have this much turnover with – when you have a winning situation, Mike, you know what I mean? That's why a lot of NFL teams right now are just in a bad spot. Think about it. A lot of teams are in a bad spot. I, I looked at a team the other day and I said, damn, they've had three different coaches in the last four years in the NFL. This team is going absolutely nowhere. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, this is, this is sad. Just like, um, your Saints. I mean, they're not your team, but you know what I mean, Mike. I know you're very yeah. close with the Saints. Just look at the Saints, for instance. They wanted them to move on from Dennis Allen so bad. But that would be having a second coach. That would would be you guys on your third coach in three years. No. No. We're going to make this thing work. Why do you want to fire everybody? What's up? Do do I go to your job every time you make a bunch of mistakes, uh, Billy Joe, and want to fire you? And, and we need to fire you, knowing that you got five kids at home, and this job pays for the whole house. Oh, he's an NFL coach. He can bounce back. He he makes millions. They don't all make millions. Just like somebody I saw today said that these reporters say all this stuff and they make millions of dollars. I said I almost laughed on the floor. I said, look, some of us is doing this shit for free. You know what I mean? So let's not play the millionaire game because everybody's not Stephen A. Smith. Everybody's not Skip Bayless. Everybody's not Shannon Sharp. Most of these people are getting paid a living, uh, 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 above average living wage when they're asked to appear on these programs. They only get paid for when they show up on the shows. They're not going to be on the show every day. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's two different realities to this, man. And I feel like the person that's always the one that feels like the big people work for them, they just don't get the bigger picture of things. And that's why they demand people to be fired when they don't get their enjoyment. And I feel like we go back to 
you know, a bad customer at a restaurant. But I'm not that guy, though, Mike. I'm not a bad customer at a restaurant. I'm not talking. That's why I didn't bring up servers because, you know, I'm the 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 donkey. They the donkey. You know what I mean? So, you know, it is, you know, and sometimes they, they got the, the big boy bias. You know that. <laughs> big people walk into a restaurant, man, and it's like, damn. I know he's going to be asking me to do so many, so many extra things. And then, you know, <laughs> and you know, when you, and you know, they really know that, you know, especially if you have to ask for something that's, that's extra, you know, they always will emphasize, but it's going to cost you a little bit extra, you know. And for, those, and for those that don't know, Pop is a big dude. He's like NFL big. Well, yeah, you guys, if you see me on Twitter, all that good stuff. But Mike, but Mike, I used to, and it's funny because Mike says he's a big dude. I said, "Damn, I used to be bigger," and that's what what cracks me up. And I'm still working on it, y'all. Health as well, y'all. Y'all can't be sitting up in here. Don't listen to these people that keep telling y'all to just keep eating and eating. You go eat yourself into a grave. Do not do that. Just work out, be healthy, eat your salad at least four times a week, and you'll be good. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. You got to have your health so you can really hope you can see 20, 20, 30, and 20, 40, and 20, 50. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, they see the big guy come in and, you know, it's almost like, damn it. You know, like, I know he's going to be, uh, he's about to tear some stuff up and, you know, and then they're going to be asking me to do all this extra stuff with the food and all this stuff. And he's probably going to get all pissy about the bill when it comes. And, you know, I'm only saying, you know, the big boy stuff because I don't want to go into the race thing. You know what I mean? But I don't ever look at it like that anyway. But we know it's kind of in the back. It's kind of it's kind of the elephant in the room with people sometimes. And it happens, Mike. It just happens. You know what I mean? Because they might have had some ba- some past issues with certain people before. You know what I mean? So they feel like they're going to assume it's going to be the same, same, same uh, thing every time, especially if you come in telling a whole bunch of jokes and laughing and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You see the servers, uh, servers in the back. They're like, hey, why don't you take the big brother today? Uh, I, I've got my hands full. I got a party of 15 that I got to deal with. Uh, right. Uh, you know, they're, they're bar- bartering and negotiating in the back. Uh, but little do they know that uh pop is an easygoing jovial fun-natured individual so it's their loss if they don't get to correspond with him for an hour or so right but you know what sometimes it's, uh, it, it is mood though mike and you notice that's oh, what yeah. everybody, it is mood i can't be a good good nice guy but if i'm having a shitty day it's gonna be what it is mike you know what i mean like i'm gonna I'm try i'm gonna try to be as nice as possible but you know, I can't promise anything. Yeah. Now, speaking of big dudes, I remembered who the player was that I was trying to think of, the, the big Mexican dude, Reyes, how do you pronounce his last name? Moranta. Reyes Moranta is his name. Now, Bruce Bochy brought him in to uh, Texas. So he's going to be pitching for the Rangers this year. Um, he was the Dodger player that I was trying to think of. That's like a really, really big dude. So obvious on the mound that the guy, uh, 
you know, he's like Prince Fielder, but a pitcher. You know, just a big, big dude. But anyways, I know we wanted to shift gears for a minute to the Red Sox. I do want to get to the Padres for a second, but let's go to the Red Sox. The Red Sox really are the Dodgers East, if you think about it, Pop. They have four starters that are from the Dodgers, if you include the closer as a starting, you know, the starting closer, if that makes any sense, you know. Um, uh, Justin Turner, Alex Verdugo, Kike, Enrique Hernandez, and Kenley Jensen. At any one time, they're going to have four Dodgers playing in a game in the ninth inning. Are these guys over the hill, do you think? Do you think Justin Turner has a lot left? Kenley Jensen has a lot left? I think Kike's still young enough. But what do you think about JT and uh, Kenley? Uh, I think JT, Kenley, those guys are good season vets that can help um, the younger players adjust and you know they can they can be good. You know what? The one thing that could help Boston this year be much better than I feel they can be this year is JT because JT is an awesome dugout guy, and that's the one thing the Dodgers are going to miss. JT is a, a real laid back, funny dude, has a lot of fun, and the Red Sox are always a good team when they're a fun bunch and I think that that's what this is going to be all about you got Kike there as well too it's like the fun the fun patrol is gone with the Dodgers think about it because we got a lot of strangers now you know um, Kike was a big part of everything uh, Justin was a big part of everything Cody was a big part of everything we lost Seager uh, a while ago he was a big part of things as well too Kenley you know everybody was it's a lot of fun now it's only one left is literally is literally Clayton Kershaw when you think about it you know what I mean so um your team their biggest issue right now is pitching I don't think it's really about the hitting for this team because they got a great lineup of hitters but their pitching is not there in my opinion you got Chris Sell. You don't know if he's going to be available right away. You don't know how effective he's going to be when he is available because he hasn't really played in the last four years or three years, whatever. Um, the best thing you got going right now is Nick Pavetta from what I saw on projected rotations. You know what I mean? And Nick Pavetta is a middling pitcher in all senses of the word. Um you know, it's just the staff doesn't look the same anymore. It's, that's one thing that the the Red Sox will probably have to address is the pitching here in the spring training, in my opinion. I think that pretty much you can expect a monster year from Verdugo. Verdugo is the one that the Dodgers really missed on because they did get Mookie. They did get a title. They did get David Price who's now no longer on the roster. David Price was already pretty much through by the time he got, even though he, he did pitch great with the Red Sox, by the time he got to the Dodgers, it was pretty much over. You know what I mean? Because they over, he's another guy that got overworked as a young pitcher when he was in Tampa Bay. He got a lot of money when he went to uh, Detroit. It didn't really go the way it was supposed to. Then he went to uh, Toronto. That worked out somewhat. Then he went and got paid again with Boston. So by the time he got to the Dodgers, 
he's already stolen enough money. So then literally he's just a, a, a above average pitcher. He was never the guy that they really, you know, projected him to be, even though he was really good in his first five seasons. So I think you're right. I think he was kind of spent by the time he got there, man. Right. He was, you know, by the time yeah, he he'd the, logged a lot of innings. You got the best of you got the end of the best of him in Boston. And then by the time he got to the Dodgers, it was literally just a name. You know what I mean? So Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, so, this is a good time for us to take a quick time out. We'll come back and resume the discussion on the Red Sox. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the final segment on the show, we are just talking about the Boston Red Sox and some of the Dodger guys that they've got. And, uh, Pop, you're predicting that Alex Verdugo this year is really, really going to break out into the superstar that the Dodgers have missed out on. We're talking about David Price, uh, the tail end of his career being with the Dodgers. Dodgers got Mookie bets, of course. A lot of interplay between the Dodgers and the Red Sox over the last seven, eight years. Uh, you know, a lot of inter changing uniforms amongst the players uh it's actually goes back farther than that back to even the days of like uh nomar garcia para and guys like that even though he didn't directly go from boston to the dodgers uh but manny ramirez from boston to the dodgers etc so these teams have a tradition in the 2000s of doing some type of business together uh 
I, I believe you were you were just kind of finishing up your thoughts on David Price and then circling back to Boston's lineup for this year. Yeah, David Price. But one thing you just said, you said the superstar that look, we got Mookie. Mookie got us a ring, and Mookie brought that 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 guy that we needed. Like when you need a clutch hit, Mookie got you. Mookie, that 2020 season, I loved me some Mookie, man. That's why I used to say, Mookie, go get Mookie. And, um, yeah, but back to the Red Sox lineup, I just – you look at things and you say, okay, they paid the right guy. They they did when they when they went and broke the bank um, because Devers is absolutely a gem, and you're, you, you got to do it. You know what I mean? So I think if he has a strong year and you mix that in with Verdugo, they could be in the mix, but you're going to be mad at me, Mike. You're going to be mad because I'm previewing the NL East this week. And the NL East is regressing, in my opinion, I think. And Are you I talking have, about the NL or the AL? The AL East. I'm sorry, the AL East. I think the AL East is somewhat regressing, but I actually have – the Orioles going over 76 games this year. And I have the we talked about I talked about the Rays today. I have the Rays going under 88 and a half. And I hate to tell you this, Mike. I got your I got your Red Sox going under 77 and a half. That doesn't mean they they're they they're a 70 win team. That means that they're gonna land they may land just on 77 this year. I think it's a fourth or fifth place finish because the the pitching, you know what I mean? But if they say have a season like they did back in 2018 where nobody had ex- expectations for the Red Sox, it could happen. It could happen to where they are right there neck to neck with the Yankees because I think the Yankees are good for 105 wins this year. I looked at how the Yankees are set up this year, and the Yankees can make trades to make themselves even better. I think that the Yankees' X factor is going to be Harrison Vader, and I think that he's going to make uh, Stanton and Judge that much better this season, I think that he'll fill in a, a, a like a big three role for um, the Yankees that they've been sor- sorely lacking for some time now. And I know that they love uh, Torres as well, too. So the Yankees lineup is just so good, but it's their pitching staff. Their pitching staff is is light years ahead of everything else but the Rays in that uh, division right now. And tomorrow I'll talk about Toronto. I'll tell you this much. I'm going to give you the pessimist side and the optimist side for Boston. The optimist side, the optimist side, I look at it and I see that they've got some, they made some moves. If they all pan out, the Red Sox could be a surprise team. Why do I say that? The optimist in me sees a pitcher like James Paxton. Now, this guy was a stud for Seattle. He did well for the Yankees. His last full season, he went 15 and 6. Had a good war, ERA in the threes, a whip in the 1 to 8 range, which is okay. Uh, he's had 200 Ks in a season before, so he's got some strikeout ability. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. He's only pitched one game in the last three seasons. So, actually, I could say six games in the last four seasons. If this guy comes back like how he is, and I think he's had plenty of time to heal up now, 
that could be a, an interesting pitcher. Same thing can be said for former Cy Young winner Corey Kluber. You mentioned Nick Pavetta already. And then Chris Sale, who's always dominant when he's in the game. He just hasn't been pitching that much because he's been injured a lot. So they've got – and then Garrett Whitlock is, is a serviceable uh, number four pitcher. You're asking a lot for all these guys to come together and have brilliant seasons. But if they do, I think that pitching staff can hang. The lineup is sound from top to bottom. There's a couple question marks, of course. Adam Duvall in center field is a question mark to me. That might be the most glaring one. Tristan Cassis, he's a big prospect. They're putting him in first base. We'll see how that goes. Their catchers are kind of light hitting. Uh, but they did get Jorge Alfaro from the Padres. He's got a decent stick. The big move that they made that didn't get a ton of noise, but he's going to have a monster year, is Masataka Yoshida. This guy was one of the best hitters in Japan. His lifetime batting average is 327. But he's not just that. He's a low strikeout guy, high walk guy, which is exactly the type of hitter that Boston likes. And even though he's a low strikeout guy, He's got pop. He still hits 20 home runs a year. That's his average, 20 home runs a year in Japan. So you got a 327, 20 home run hitter, gets on base a lot, doesn't strike out much. You know, in a day and age where on base percentage is, is so critical to scoring runs with the analytics model, this guy could be a breakout star, man. This guy legitimately could be, I don't know what kind of speed he's, uh, he's got. So I'm not going to say Ichiro. But I'm going to say high batting average and lots of hits like Ichiro. I think that's a possibility. So if this guy does what we think he's going to do, you know, the pitching does what I, I think it's capable of, then this team could be a surprise team. Overall, though, I, I agree with you because I think it's a big ask. You're asking a lot if you need a lot of guys to have career years. It's okay if you need one or two guys. Trace Thompson, I think he's going to blossom. Okay, but if you're saying that about six Trey Thompsons, Trace Thompsons on the field, you're asking a bit much. You see what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of my take on the Red Sox, Bob. Yeah, and I think that the Red Sox, if they are good, they'll make a significant trade. If they aren't good, they'll make another significant trade. If they're in the middle, they'll make another significant trade. That's how I'm feeling with the Red Sox right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think so, too. That uh, really bad, they're going to try to get far, more assets for the farm. If they're really good, they'll go after some of the, be the best pitchers available at the trade deadline. Right. Well, we'll save a lot of this talk for our – MLB previous show. We'll talk a lot of MLB, of course, as spring training persists. We've only got a few short minutes left. I wanted to get your thoughts uh, on the NBA for a second. How legit of an NBA contender? Uh, let me rephrase it. Are the Phoenix Suns a championship team with Durant? Look, I think that is getting a little overblown. This look, 
if the Phoenix Suns are not the uh, the Golden State Warriors, let's just get that 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 out the way first, okay? Chris Paul is a is really done when it comes to being a guy that can really help you win a championship. Devin Booker is too much of the same type of player that Kevin Durant is. Those guys need to shoot the ball and shoot the ball a lot. And if they're not making any shots, then it might be a problem. DeAndre Ayton is probably the one thing that will keep this thing very salvageable at this point. But I feel like they traded away their effort, guys. This reminds me a lot of when the Knicks got Carmelo Anthony. It looked like they were going to be able to do some things with the team that they had, but it's not. I don't think that they have the, the championship spirit to them. The Warriors were already a team that had experienced the championship before and they just needed Kevin Durant to put him over to put him over the top. They need to show him how to win a championship, but they needed him to win another championship. You get my point, Mike, with that? Um, Phoenix, they're not a team that's been there. We're putting too much pressure on this Phoenix team. They're not – yeah, good. They went to the finals a few years ago. They lost. You know what I mean? And then they, they blew the series. It, wasn't it a, a backdoor sweep, Mike? Four to two? They went up 2-0 then – then didn't win another game after that. Yeah. So I think they were just playing on a high for a good 18 months. And then it all came crashing down last year when Luca put him out. And so I don't believe in anything that the Suns are doing right now because here come the Lakers. Here come the Clippers. Here come the um the Warriors are like damn near out of it. But here come the um Nuggets. You know, there's so many more teams that that I feel are better at this point right now. And those How about three- the Kings? My Kings are the three seed, man. Let's give oh, them some love. This is for and they have a and they have a one game lead right now, Mike. They I know, are, it's very close. It's very tight. They're hanging on on a thread. They're playing in the toughest division in basketball. They are one five game losing streak away from being in last place. And that's not even a bad thing because that means they're still going to be in the playoffs. Just peep this. The Pacific Division may put all five teams into the playoffs. No, they are going to put all five teams into the playoffs. That's going to be I think so too, Pop. We're going to have to save it because we got to close the show. But I think that's that's a fair prediction that all five teams are going to make it. I think that's a legit one. I think the power is in that division in terms of most balanced in the NBA. Save that thought, Pop. Let's carry it on into next week as always thanks for joining us my man thanks for voice america our guy josh the whole team and of course the listener without you there is no show we will see you all same time same place next week enjoy your sports weekend everyone Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.